We're out of place I'm doing fine I'm feeling great You're not my fan You can't relate Straight talk going safe It's not safe Before you cross me Look both ways Leaving the scene With no trace Not in my lead You out of place I'm not at the top I'm out of space Can't eat with us We're out of place I'm doing fine I'm feeling great You're not my fan You can't relate Straight talk going State to state What's going on guys? It's your host your boy George Mackay and, and when this one drops It'll be sometime in April. I'm thinking mid-April, could be Easter, could be before Easter. All I know is I'm going to have a lot of fish and then a lot of ham on Sunday, so life's going to be good. And who better to have back on Straight Talk than the last on-location interview I did before the pandemic started? Me and this young lady sat down at Battle Arts Academy. We wrapped it up for a, a great conversation, and I'm honored to have her back now for number three because we did one during the pandemic, but this one's special because there's a lot of good stuff that's coming her way. Please help me welcome back to Straight Talk Wrestling, the street's own Amy Crimson. Gang, gang, Crimson Squad, what's up? <laughs> what's going on, my girl? How are you? How you been? Good. I feel good. I'm excited. I have so many great opportunities my way, better than the last time that we spoke. That's true. That's true. The last time we spoke, it was all about um, just keeping your name out there. We, were, we did a Sunday special about keeping your name out there, letting people know kind of why you stepped away from the ring during the pandemic for safety of your family, safety of, you know, yourself as well, because you were unsure about the way the world was working as much of us were. But also this last stretch, like tail end of last year to now where we are this year, it's crazy. Like, first off, okay, I've been hitting up Vince Russo forever. I've gotten nowhere, like dusted, ghosted. Other podcasts have had him, I have had no luck. I don't know what it is. Maybe he doesn't like my face. Maybe he doesn't like my voice. I'm not sure. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. But you got to pretty much be one-on-one -on -one with arguably the greatest wrestling mind during the Attitude Era. I mean, if it wasn't for him and the filter that he ran through being Vince McMahon, we wouldn't have seen the Attitude Era in all shape or forms. So talk to me about Vince Russo and how that whole thing came to be. And also, maybe now that you know him, you can hook your boy up and give me a fucking introduction, please. Um, so it was during the pandemic. Um, as you guys can know, I haven't been in the ring for two years. Um, so it was kind of hard for me, um, wrestling wise to not be in the ring. Um, so I was just like, a, a thought came to me. I'm like, Hmm, if I'm not going to be wrestling, might as well get on some podcasts. So I ended up, um, following Vince Russo on Twitter. Didn't think he was going to follow me back. He ended up following me back. So I was like, okay, cool. And then I noticed that he was doing podcasts. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot my shot. Screw it. Like, if he answers, he answers. If he doesn't, who cares, right? It's just a chance to get a little more exposure. So I message him, and he messages me right like back like 30 minutes later. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then um, he basically was like, I was like, hey, Vince, um, I'm like, I'm not a huge wrestler. Like, I'm on the indies. I wrestle in Canada. Like, would you be interested in letting me be on your podcast? Now, I don't know if it's because I shot my shot that he was intrigued. But he's like, yeah, sure. I'll give you 15 minutes to get over. So at that point, I'm, like, been a wrestling fan my whole life. You know this. Like, you know how I've been with wrestling. And, I, and a part of me was like, oh, my God. Like, Vince Russo, Russo actually wants to interview me. So we get onto the video the chat and before we start recording he's like I gotta stop talking to you because you're too charming like you're already getting over and this isn't even fair like I still I like I don't want you to get over <laughs> but for some weird reason just your smile your girl next door attitude 
your accent. Supposed to be, he said I had an accent. I don't know if I have an accent, but he was. <laughs> Canadians don't have accents, okay, Vince? Sorry, bud. We don't have accents. We sound just like you Americans, okay? It's straight up. <laughs> so he basically, I was just being myself and. I technically got over before the podcast even started. And then by the end of the podcast, I had him laughing. I had him smiling. He said, he didn't say he liked my name, but I mean, I stick with my name. But at the same time, he said I liked my right, my normal name, my given birth given name. Um, but other than that, he said I was talented. He said I was mature. He said that I was mature for the business and I was very um, knowledgeable. So I was taught well. So that was very good. And out of that podcast, I basically got to get him one as like a person that I can ask for advice because he told me that after the podcast was done, if I ever need any advice, I can always message him. So that was good. And then after that, I got on so many podcasts. Like after that, the podcasts were just coming and I didn't have to like message. People were messaging me. I got, I think, Lucha Libre um, online. They wanted to give me a podcast, so I was on their podcast. And it was just, I guess, because of that exposure, it just brought Amy Crimson more. And then because of the Vince Russo podcast and all the exposure I was getting, I was messaged by Jack Rujo to be a part of the Wrestling Academy. So <laughs> then that happened. So technically, without the pandemic and me pushing to market myself, I feel like I wouldn't have had as much exposure if I was wrestling, say, the past two years kind of thing. I agree with that. I mean, now, when you search up Amy Crimson on Google, thank God, Straight Talk Wrestling is still like one of the three or four top links. So we're there. <laughs> now, I want to say we've been replaced by some of the bigger podcasts, and that's fine. But the fact is, we were probably number one for a while. So I'm not going to say, uh, you know, Straight Talk helped you. But I think Straight Talk helped you. No, I'm just joking. Well, technically, you guys were my first podcast that I ever was on. There you go. So Straight Talk helped you. Straight Talk did it up. Straight Talk knows what it's about. No, we uh, we appreciate uh, your we we always appreciate your ability. We were fans from the first time that we met you. The way you carried yourself, the way when we approached you on Instagram, how genuine you were, and excited you were to come on the show. And um, you know, then we met it, we did it up, and I got to see your last in ring match. So that for me is like a huge honor to sit down and be able to see. Not only did I see your last in ring match, but I was her first podcast. And then we've kept in close contact ever since. And I always say, you're always a member of the Straight Talk family. Anytime you want to come back, hit me up. We'll do it again. And it's not like I'm too big to hit you guys up. I hit everybody up all the time. But it's just right before I'm like, maybe, you know, it's been a minute. Maybe I should hit Amy up. Boom. It's like we have a wavelength because, hey, George, I want to come back on the show. Oh, shit. Okay, cool. This makes it 10 times fucking easier. The only difference was that I wanted a Tuesday. You wanted a Wednesday. And obviously you won because we're on a Wednesday. Chicago Fire Day, by the way. But I'm putting that aside for you. I'll, I'm PVRing that for you. That's how much I appreciate you. Okay? I'm giving up my favorite show, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, just to wrap it up with Amy Crimson. So, you know. It is a good show. Not Chicago Med. Chicago Med I have beef with. Okay, listen. Here's my beef with medical shows, okay? We're going to go off topic for a second, but I feel like if anybody would understand my beef, it's you. So, every time I watch fucking Chicago Med, okay, either somebody's got cancer, somebody's got AIDS, Somebody's got obesity and like somebody's dying and it's like, okay, I'm a smoker. So cancer scares the fuck out of me. I'm a big boy. I like my foods. So, you know, obesity scares the crap out of me. I'm not saying I'm obese, but I'm like, I'm festively plump. Let's just say my wife does not have to worry about getting cold at night. I keep it warm and I'm okay with that. Hey, gorgeous. Every single time I come on the podcast, say it every single time. I know I'm married above. 
And it's it's not, it, again, I have swag. I know this. I have confidence in myself. But hey, I got her. I put a ring on her early, and that's it. Boom. Not, you know what? We've been together for 19 years and going to be 15, 14 years married this year. So yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. And she blessed me with two beautiful daughters. One you know very well. The other one who you haven't met yet, but I'm sure you will. Now let's talk about Jacques Rougeau. Let's talk about Wrestling Academy. Like you said, he hit you up. But the fact is, when he hit you up, all there was was a five grand prize for the female champion, the tag team champions, and for the male champion. And then that steamrolled into, well, hold on now. You may get a week. You may get a day at the Nightmare Factory. That's pretty fucking cool. Then a day turned into a week. Now weeks turned into three months. I don't want to say that pressure's building, but let's be honest. Pressure is building. And obviously, Jacques sees stock in you because... Everyone else has just a regular match, one-on-one, tag team versus tag team. But he threw you in the fucking fire right away. You got a triple threat. So you're going up against Cece, and I can't remember who the other girl is. For, excuse me, if Laura you're watching Cassidy. this young lady, I apologize. What's her name? Lauren Cassidy. Laura, okay, so Lauren Cassidy, right? So there you go. Three up-and-coming talents. I've seen Cece a bunch of times. I know you very well. I actually saw Lauren just last weekend at Revolution. Another promotion that sorely misses the Crimson. The squad is waiting patiently. Okay, the squad is waiting patiently. I'm going to make an amazing return. I just don't know when the Revolution return will be, but it's very soon. So it's coming soon. Okay, perfect. That's good to know. Thank God. I was getting nervous for a second. I'm like, what the fuck's happening here? I don't know what's happening. But But the fact is, is that now you have this amazing opportunity but again to throw you in a triple threat it's a compliment but also it sucks because a triple triple threat you don't even have to be pinned to lose that match that's the sad thing about a triple threat you're not going into this with a championship around your shoulder around your waist you're going into this as trying to fight to become the top woman in that division to get that prize to go to the nightmare factory that's the end game to be trained by QT Marshall, get an open doorway into AEW. That's what this is about. So when you, when Jacques called you and said, hey, listen, Amy, first match, triple threat. If that was me, I would have been like, what the fuck? (laughs) Honestly, I like triple threats because I've honestly, so far, I haven't won a triple threat, but I do have a lot of experience in a triple threat because I had multiple triple threat matches. So I do have an advantage going in, into that match. Mind you, they probably had many triple threat matches, but I feel like I have a good chance because- Okay, hold on. Now here's a question for you. You have multiple triple threat experience. You haven't won, but were you ever pinned? That's the question. Were you ever pinned in any of those triple threats? Never. I never got pinned in that triple threat match. There you go. In the- threat matches that i've been in never got pinned so there you go you never won but you also never lost in my opinion the person who loses is the person who gets pinned yes by default the other person in the match does lose but if your shoulders never get pinned it doesn't really count as a loss at least in my books in the record books might be different but in my books doesn't count so that's uh that's an interesting fact then so you know ladies her opponents if you're watching this she has experience She's never been pinned. So that's a huge factor going in. Now, um, the fact that this is a competition, the fact that there will be fans allowed to vote, and the fact that, I mean, winning probably gives you that edge, but it's all about the way you're carried in the ring from your entrance 
to the storytelling in the ring. So knowing that these are two fresh opponents that you've never tangled with, it's going to be very complicated to do any kind of real eye-to-eye scouting. Yes, you can watch tape. Yes, you can watch matches on YouTube. You can watch clips from fans. But the fact is, is that unless you've been able to scout them at a show you've worked together or see them in person, it's going to be very hard to judge the caliber of fighting spirit of these young ladies. So that's an interesting question. How do you prepare not being able to actually have been able to scout these young ladies in person? So being able to prepare, I've been doing as much tape as possible. I've been watching all the matches that they have. So I know them inside and out. So that's not going to be a problem. So I know that. The only thing is that because I haven't scouted them in person, I could still see what they bring to the table with the tape review that I'm watching. So basically all their little neeks, all their little things, all their little mistakes, all that, I've been watching it so I know. So basically, I have an idea of what I'm working with kind of thing. So we're just going to see where it's going to be and how it's going to be. And I feel like it's going to be a great contest because both of them are great competitors. So and we all have different fighting styles, which is amazing. So I want to see how this is going to end up and turn out. And hopefully I come and I win and I go on top and I basically win the match. Um, But I'm just going to go and be the best Amy Crimson I can possibly be, to be honest. That's fair. You know, it, it's weird to see the growth. It's not weird. I shouldn't say that's stupid. Stupid point. That's fucked up. I'm stupid. Sorry. Not me. I meant to say it's great to see the growth. Because if I remember the first interview that we did, if you go back and listen to that first interview, there was a lot of ums and ahs and drags of words. Second interview, we got a little bit tighter. But now that you've had all that podcast experience, feels like I'm talking to a whole new person. Feels like I'm talking to a more focused person. Uh, not, I'm not going to say more mature because you were always mature. You were well mature above your years. And um, the fact is, is that do you feel that stepping away from the ring, as much as people might see it as a negative aspect, was maybe the best thing that could have happened to you? And having those two years to keep your body you know, healed, any small injuries you may have had, you were able to heal and you're able to work out the kinks you wanted to work out from training harder, from eating better from concentrating on your backup career, because let's face it, a lot of wrestlers need to have that backup career. You got to have that side hustle. So in order to establish all that, do you think these two years off was the best thing that might've ever happened for your career? I think so. Um, The two years that I've been off, it made me more focused. It made me more hungry. It made me more determined. Mind you, when I stepped out of the ring, I was 21. I'm turning 24 in June. So the fact that it's been two and a half years, well, two years, let's say, that I've been out of the ring, those two years, I was able to design new gear. I was able to promote my brand. I was able to brand out myself. I have podcasts from the UK. I have podcasts from the United States. I have podcasts from different countries. So before when I was wrestling full time, I didn't have that. I didn't have, see, I made merch as you guys can see, I honestly, I branded myself. I made sure that I did as much wrestling study as possible. And I've been working out, I think seven days a week where when I was like wrestling full time, I didn't have that where my body wasn't to the top tip top shape. Obviously I still have more than I need to work on, but I find that I'm in more, I'm in better shape than I was when I was wrestling two years ago. I put on more muscle. I'm more athletic. I'm more agile. I have more to offer now compared to when I was 
working in the ring full time. So that two years that I was off, it, I just feel like it made me more focused and it made me more hungry. And I feel sorry for whoever I'm in the ring with because they're going to know that this is what I want and I'm ready. I've been on the shelf for two years and now there's no going back. So that's what I feel like it makes me more determined. And Absolutely. I believe I fully believe everything you're saying. You're you're carrying it with so much conviction that it's hard not to believe you. But now here's two words that I gotta ask if you're afraid of. <clears throat> Ring rust. No, because I feel like it's muscle memory. Because I trained so hard when two years ago that I was there seven days a week in the ring from 3 p.m. to 11, 12 at night. First person there, last person to leave the ring. So the thing is, is that I know that obviously in the beginning, when I start training a little bit more and like all that, obviously it's going to be a little, a little bit where I'm going to be like a little areas I need to fix, obviously, but it's not going to be where I'm discouraged. It's going to be muscle memory. I know that there's going to be things that I already learned that's just going to come back with time. The more I train, um, I am going to be training full-time in April. So hopefully I could be making my in-ring debut well, not debut, return, basically, before the wrestling academy. So I should be able to have as much reps as possible before I enter the ring in Montreal at the Club Soda Arena. So hopefully by then I can work out the little kinks that I've basically lost or gained or whatever before I have my match. So I'm not too worried. I know that it's just going to be muscle memory and I'm going to be fine. And I, honestly, I feel like I'm more agile. I have better in-ring cardio than when I was wrestling full time, if that makes sense. Because it absolutely does. Out. Yeah, it absolutely does. You're you're 150 percent right on that. I I fully believe everything you're saying, and I know you're going to go in there and you're going to make Ontario proud. Because unfortunately, you got to carry a province on your back right now. When it comes to women's division, there's only a few, a few a few hands, and you're facing one of the hands from Ontario. So one of one of them may go. One of them has to stay by default for sure. Now the cool thing is, is like you said, you've been watching tape. Because while you've been on the shelf and you've been getting everything right here, you're, you know, your body's your temple. You've been taking care of it. You've been getting everything right. They've been wrestling. They've been more active. So they've been able to study each other a lot more frequently than you have. They were both on the card at Revolution. So they didn't face each other, but they were both on the card. Now, the interesting fact to that is, is that there's no current matches of yours. There's no footage of a recent Amy Crimson. There's only footage of Amy Crimson from the past. So this Amy Crimson is different. This Amy Crimson is built better. This Amy Crimson, to be cliche. Sorry? She's built different. different. 100%. She's built 100% different. So that is also an advantage because you have space in their heads because they don't know what you're going to throw out there. With all this new agility comes a chance to learn new moves comes a chance to hone moves you might not have gotten before. So there's a lot that you could add to your repertoire in order to gain that upper hand. And I know you will. So my next question to you is though, there's unfinished business in Ontario, Indy. Like we want you to go over there. We want you to kick ass. We want you to take names. We want you to get that prize. We want you to go to Nightmare Factory and I want your star to rise. But there is unfinished business back here that I think needs to be settled. The first piece of unfinished business is there's a battle arts women's championship that you never lost. There's a battle arts women's championship that had to be vacated because now the battle arts champion, 
Well, she signed to WWE NXT, and that's Bianca Corelli. And I know you shut her out. You congratulated her. You're happy for her. But that's, that's got to be a chip on the shoulder because now you can't fight the person who was the interim champion because you had to vacate it because of everything with COVID. So you can't, you can't have that match. That storyline ends without a resolve. Does that bother you in any way? Um, honestly, I mean, there is still a chance that we could still rekindle it eventually if I get signed to the WWE. This is true. This is true. I mean, I mean, it's never ending. I mean, it, honestly, sometimes things are better off to go on into the future. You know what I mean? But I have unfinished business because now there is a new Battle Arts Women's Champion, Divya. And mm-hmm. she never beat me. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. two times that we faced, she never beat me. So technically, she's holding a title that I never lost that belongs to me. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm intrigued. You know, Amy, I fancy myself an armchair booker. I think you and I have worked out storylines a few times. And I think I've dropped your jaw. So I want to, I want to, I want you to travel with me on a journey into the future. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Here we go. Here's the future. Here's the future. I'm not going to say how far it is, but it's down the road. Bianca Corelli is now. Far. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's down the road. It's down the road. That's just all we're going to say. It's a little bit further up the road from where we are now, but Bianca Corelli is your new reigning defending NXT women's champion. She's in the ring. She's talking smack. She's had title defense after title defense after title defense. Nobody can beat me. I've run through this roster. I'm ready for the mainstay. You know, there's nobody that I've never beaten. From my indies to where I am now, I am unstoppable. I am a Corelli. The lights fade. Amy Crimson's music hits. Obviously, WWE manufacturer. We don't know what the song is going to be, but Amy Crimson's music hits. Amy Crimson walks out. She's got the hat turned on backwards. She's looking, boom, ready to go on focus. She picks up the mic and says, hey, girl, been a while. Now, you're saying that you never beat somebody. But here's the thing. You never beat me. We never had a chance to fight for our old championship back in, back in Ontario. We never had a chance to finish that. So why don't we go for broke? Instead of building this slowly, let's just lay it all fucking out. No mind games, no bullshit. You, me, two out of three falls. Then for sure, there will be winner. And I will be raising that belt over your lifeless body. And all of a sudden, we got a woman's main event that's got a grudge match feel to it. That's got that storyline from when they were to where they are. And it's simple and it's easy and it's real because it is real. Now, you know, Vince Russo, if you're paying attention, you may be the Attitude Era King, but your boy here has got flavor. So, you know, show a little bit of respect. That's all I'm saying. What do you think about my storyline? Does it work? Is it good? Is it solid? It's pretty solid. I mean, you got the background story. You got, I mean, it's got potential. I mean, WWE, look this man. That's all I'm saying. All I need is time. I just need to get over. That's what I need. (laughs) So now let's talk about, um, you mentioned your in-ring return. We know what's coming soon. You mentioned your revolution return. But have you been in contact with the new owners of Battle Arts? 
have you spoken to them about their also their own promotion as well, which is HWE, who I am proudly the narrator and storyteller for, because your boy got commentary gigs now coming out the yin yang, so life is good. But can we expect to see you in HWE? We know you're hungry for battle arts. We know that's coming. You like you said, Divi is in the crosshair, so that's got to happen soon. And June for Wrestling Academy, that's a ways away. That's you know. 60 some odd days before we actually close to 90 days before we really have to get out there before this whole journey of wrestling Academy starts. So Amy, talk to me, man, what's happening in Ontario. What's going on. You mentioned revolution soon, but talk to me about everything else. I need, I need breaking news here, Amy. I'm your boy. You got to hook a brother up. Um, I am in contact with the new owners and they did say that I will be soon, hopefully, in HWE. So you could be seeing an HWE debut very soon. Um, but yeah, the whole Ontario indie scene is put on notice because Amy Crimson is going to be back and she's going to be better and badder than ever. Soaking it all in right now. I got a little tear in my eye like Ric Flair. The queen is coming home. I like it. I like it. You know... Could you imagine the perfect storm that we could be? I could be your Paul Heyman. I got a gift for you. I, mean, I am taking applications for a manager if anyone's interested. <laughs> I don't need an application. I should be front of the line. I should be the first one interview. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's between me and your brother or your dad. Now, one thing your dad has is he has that sweet mullet. I love that mullet. That man has a head of hair like I... Ah, I idolize your dad's hair. Mullets are in trendy. They're trending right now. Mullets are I in. know. I know. And it's, ah, uh, it kind of achy breaks my heart. Ah, mullet pun. Mullet pun. Look at her. <laughs> She's dying right now. <laughs> All right. So you know we always play games on this show. I've developed some new games that I think will intrigue you. Okay. The one game, we already played Promo 101, and I think I did the yesterday game with you. Like, you know, where you make choices. But this is a new game I call. I always do this at the end of the interview, but I feel like, fuck it, let's do it now. Let's do it halfway through because it's fun. It's a nice icebreaker. So this one is called Forced Mount Rushmore. Do you want to know how to play? Okay, so here's the deal. I pick five wrestlers. I pick them for you. And you have to rank them from one to five. One being the worst, five being the best. Very simple. Okay. But I, the, the only reason why it's called Forced Mount Rushmore is because I throw out names to you. You don't have a choice in who's on this mountain. I do. Okay. All right. Here we go. China. China. Okay. That's your first one. So China. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's look around my room for some inspiration. Ooh, Bret Hart. Okay. Someone who I model myself after. I actually get told I look a little bit like him. Kevin Owens. Okay. Kevin Owens. Uh, you know what? I also want to throw one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's always in the conversation for me when it comes to greatness. And that's my boy Sting. You can see him right back there, right behind me. Boom. All right. And last, but certainly not least, Andre the Giant. There we go. We got a little bit. We got a little bit spread out. That's five. There's your five right there. Okay. But where do you rank them? One being the worst, five being the best. No reasons why. Just tell me one to five. Uh, Andre to the Giant being one. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, China being two. Okay. Okay. Um, Sting being three. Okay. I like where this is going. Number two. 
Okay. And Bret Hart. Oh, perfect. Look at that. So actually, Bret, Kevin Owens would be four. Bret Hart would be five because one being the worst, five being the best, but still amazing. I like that Mount Rushmore. And actually, you know what? You and I were on the spectrum. Okay. Uh, you have three, four, and five as my pretty much one, twos, and threes. I mean, I would have thrown Owen Hart in there, but I've thrown Owen Hart out so many times. It's not fair. I had to give Brett a little love. I mean, when it comes to the Hart family, I will choose Owen over Brett all the time. WrestleMania 10 is still my all-time favorite match. I can watch that match 20 times over, and I always find something new, something exciting. So when it comes to you and your career, you've been training, you've been working. Now, I know your style. You have the ground game down very well. Your submission game was tight as well. Your power game was good. But have you been working on some aerial assaults? Like, I'm not trying to give away a strategy here, but have you been working on those areas that weren't weak points, but they were areas where you had to tighten up a little bit? Yes. So now my agility, and I've gone a little lighter. I'm a little lighter on my feet. So, yes, I've been working on agility and some cool moves. So I have suit. Soon, I have some new repertoire to be adding to my matches and stuff. So that will be seen very soon. Um, but yeah, I've been working on a lot of new things. So you're going to see a brand new Amy Crimson. It's not going to be the same Amy Crimson that you've seen two years ago. She's going to be bigger, better, and better than ever. I like it because she's built different. That's got to be the tagline, man. That's got to be on the back of the shirt. Amy Crimson, she's built different. I'm built different. That's she's my new different. tagline. That's what That's you're going to see on the back of my shirt. I haven't had it made now, but. You can thank me for that one. That's your boy right here. She's built different. <laughs> so talk to me about what it would be like to go home with this win, get that you know prize money, which would help with living expenses while you're over there for three months, training in the Nightmare Factory, which is arguably one of the more most state-of-the-art facilities next to, obviously, the WWE Performance Center. I mean, the ROH Dojo was no slouch. There's a lot of great areas in the States. They have great performance centers and obviously not taking anything away from battle arts battle arts is a great facility as well but um what would winning all this and getting that three-month scholarship mean i mean the fact that you'll be able to pick the brain of a qt marshall a dustin Rhodes, on a daily basis that's a big fucking deal i feel like the inner child like the inner child in me would be so happy and like i just feel like i would be in tears because like I worked so hard for just an opportunity like this, like just being a part of the wrestling Academy is a giant opportunity for me. And I take it so serious. Um, but to win it all, that is just so humbling. And like, it would mean the world to me, to be honest, like to say that I would win the first ever wrestling Academy as the woman. And then to be only like 23, 24, like, and to have so many accomplishments like under my belt so far, like obviously it wouldn't be the end goal, but to basically have an opportunity to work for AEW, that's just the gateway. Like to be seen by Cody Rhodes, QT Marshall, Dustin Rhodes, like that's amazing. That's a great opportunity. And like, I feel like my inner child would like be like screaming, jumping up and down because it's what you dream of as a wrestler to at least get like an opportunity to go to one of the major promotions and AEW is killing it right now. So the fact that I could be in their training ground would mean the world to me, to be honest. Absolutely. And I'm not taking anything away from AEW. Like, I mean, they have a great product, but the reason why they have a great product is I always feel, I feel like they're always looking for the big pop, looking for that. Oh my God moment. 
They're looking for that wow factor of bringing somebody in. Oh my God, they got him. I knew it was coming, but they got him. I can't believe it. But then it becomes a, okay, what do we do with them now? Yeah. Where, where do we go from here? And I find that's what, like, the end game is great. The revelation or the reveal is great. But I find in the middle, definitely is lack yeah. in a little bit of storytelling. And I mean, now you would look behind me and you would say, oh, he's, a, he's an AEW fan. I appreciate the product. I'm not a fan of the owner, but also these toys are the most detailed that I've ever seen. So I appreciate collecting yeah. them. I mean, I'm a collector for fuck's sakes. Look what's behind me. If, if I didn't have them, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, you know, so the fact is, is that I can appreciate certain aspects of the product, but I also know what's lacking. And it's not a negative thing. I'm not being a wrestling fan and saying, oh, you know, it's fucking, no, no. I'm saying the, the beginning of the stories are great. Saying the ends are great. But in the middle, I find it to be kind of a flat line with an occasional bump. I, I want to yeah. see a little bit more consistency. I want to have those highs and lows. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, as a wrestler, you know how hard it is to build storylines, especially in the indies. So looking at it from that perspective of actually being in the business, being out there developing storylines, and then also looking at it from a fan's perspective, do you think I'm, I'm right in what I'm saying? I feel like it's hard nowadays to basically have a storyline that works, even if you're on the indies or if you're in WWE or AEW. It's because of social media, I feel like. It's kind of like an indicator where it's like hard to keep secrets and to keep people intrigued because now nowadays we don't see something that we want we we turn the channel quick half the time we don't even watch tv anymore so it's like to basically catch the audience is very hard you need to have something that's consistent and entertaining and the thing is is that that's why i feel like Obviously, wrestling's thriving right now, but the entertainment aspect of it is very hard to obtain because wrestling fans, you have five seconds of their attention. If you don't get the, their attention in five seconds, they'll be like, oh, whatever. I don't care. It's not interesting. It doesn't intrigue me. It's whatever. I'll, I'll, I can watch something else. It's, it's whatever. I'll catch the highlights tomorrow. Yeah, I can catch the highlights on YouTube. I can catch the highlights on Instagram. It doesn't matter. And, but if you have something that intrigues them, they'll keep tuning in because they're like, oh, this shit's cool. Like, this is really cool. Like, I like it. So if you can catch their attention, then you're doing something right. Obviously, AEW is more of an edgier product than WWE, which makes it easier for the fans to side with AEW because you're going to see things that you're not going to see on WWE. Mm -hmm. But then you're going to see things on WWE that you're not going to see on AEW. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's kind of like people are in the middle where they're like, I like AEW, but I'm also a WWE fan at heart kind of thing. You get what I'm saying? I do. But I also think you're leaving out one of my favorite promotions. If you're having a knife in my heart right now, you're leaving out impact. I get it. It's not, it's not on the same <laughs> brand scale. It's not. But I feel like when it comes to the best storylines, at least in my opinion, I think impact has worked this forbidden door better than yeah. anybody else. The only thing I would disagree with is seeing Tony Khan on those consistent commercials with Tony Schiavone being like, hey, catch AEW Dynamite tomorrow. Like, no, man, I, I don't want to see your face here. I'm okay that Kenny's here because Kenny, yes, Kenny did what he's supposed to do. He built up a pay-per-view sales. He beefed up the ratings. Absolutely. And Impact played it to perfection. But the fact is, is that Impact also gave a more intimate feel to that product and impact was the first to really allow the door to be cracked open impact utilized that door better than anybody else from roh uh to mlw 
to WWE with Mickey James being in the rumble. Like they really utilized working together and they, they made it so that, listen, it can work. We can put egos aside. This can work. But the problem is, as, I, as I've always said, I feel that ego gets the best of a lot of people. And that's the unfortunate part. And again, I'm not shitting on the business. I, I want to reiterate that I'm not. I'm just saying, stating the fact. Ego can be good or bad. Where do you stand on that? I mean, ego killed, ego is what killed WCW, if you really think about it. Mm-hmm. If you watch the documentary or you even watched it, you could tell that there were so many egos behind the scenes that it literally killed your product. So if you guys aren't working together, it's not going to work. So the fact that many companies are working together and building a product, that's better than just leaving egos to like make it drop to dust and basically be like a once thing. Like WCW was like on top. Like it was like the number one competitor to WWE. And then because of egos, it just plummeted. So it's, it's true. Egos do kill a lot of things. Not only does it kill characters, it also kills the business to be honest, at that point. Mm-hmm. So what about you? What keeps you grounded? What keeps you focused? Because I've seen you in the ring. I know you can carry yourself. I know you can handle yourself in the ring. And it's not kissing your ass, it's being honest. But I've also told you, like you've asked me point blank at some shows, how was that match? And I've told you, I've seen better from you because I have. And that's that's just being honest. We have that point in our relationship where I could say, listen, Amy, shoot the bed. Just like if I had an interview drop and you messaged me and said, George, what the fuck was happening? I've been like, you're right. I shit the bet on that one. I was tired. I was, but that, at the end of the day, that's excuses and excuses don't fix problems. So what keeps Amy Crimson grounded? That it's basically a dream and that I want to obtain the dream. So what makes me grounded is that I have to keep pushing no matter if I have a shit match or not. If I have a shit match, okay, that's fine. I watched that match 10 times and I see what I did wrong and then I don't do it for the next match kind of thing. I'm always trying to better myself. And that's what I feel like it humbles me in a, t- like in a sense because sometimes people can have opportunities and it can get to their head. That is just a walking stone for me. I feel like every single opportunity I have is like another walking stone to get to where I want to be. So that's why I feel like me not getting into drama backstage, me not getting into politics backstage, I keep to myself. And that's why I feel like I stay grounded because it's literally a humbling experience. Like you start from nobody and then you make your way up. You don't start from somebody and then you get what I'm saying. So that's why I feel like I just humble myself. And I know that one day, once I get big enough and I work hard enough and that day comes, it's going to feel better than me thinking that, Oh, I have a name for myself because I was on a Vince Russo podcast or I'm better than this person because I had an opportunity and they didn't. I just keep myself humble and I know that there's better people out there. There's better people with better promos than me. There's people in better shape than me. There's people in better in-ring ability than me, but at the same time, they don't have as much heart as I do. And that's why I feel like that's how I keep myself grounded because I know that obviously there's people that are better than me, but I know that I love the business and I know I have the passion and I know that eventually if I keep working hard, I will get there. So that's why that's how I do it. Just keep staying me i never change <laughs> that's true that's true you've only the only thing that's changed about you is your swagger and your confidence and confidence is not arrogance it's confidence let's be specific there's confidence and there's arrogance when it comes to 
being able to carry a conversation with little to no questions in my head. Like you've been on the show three times. You know, I never look at my phone. I never look at bullet points I want to hit. Everything comes off the top of my head. And if the question works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I've asked shitty questions before. I've asked legends, stupid questions. And they've looked at me like I've had three fucking heads. But hey, it's a question I felt I needed to ask. So I asked, you know, like I asked Fred Ottman one time. I go, what do you prefer, two-ply or three-ply? I got to know. Do you wipe your ass with three-ply or do you wipe it with two? I'm curious. And he was like, oh, you know, wipe with three-ply. I like the softness. Right on. You're a Cottonelle man. I get it. I totally understand. A part of me also know, like feels like I grew while I've been in the business. Like I started wrestling when I was 19. I think the first interview I had with you, I was 21. Mm -hmm. Like I was a kid. I was basically like a kid. Now I'm turning 24 in June. And it's like, I feel like I've grown. I matured. I, I I have more confidence. I have like, I know who I want to be in the business. I know where I need to be in the business compared to when I was first starting out. Cause it's harder when you're first starting out because you have to think of a character, a gimmick, a name, like, all that and then you have to wonder what if i don't put myself out there now i don't have to worry about putting myself out there i've done that during the pandemic where now i just have to take bookings and hope for the best and just work hard to get to where i need to be mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's why i feel like why ruin my reputation by not being humble and basically causing like drama backstage me I don't like confrontation. I know I'm in the wrong business for that, but I do not like confrontation. And I'm just the type of person where I keep to myself. I focus on one thing. And until I get that one thing, I'm focused. And you can't take me off of that one thing. (laughs) That's how I am as a person. Has there ever been any backstage drama that you've almost been into that you just stepped away and said, no, this isn't worth it? Honestly, I'm pretty good with being with around people. Um, I don't like to talk, like a lot of people will talk badly about others. I just step away. I'm like, listen, I'm not here for petty drama. I'm here to wrestle. If you want to get into petty drama, that's fine. You can do that, but please do not involve me because I don't want to get involved. I'm that type of person. I don't want to jeopardize anything that I worked hard for, for something that's stupid. Like someone can be like, oh, you're shit at wrestling. I'd be like, that's cool. But I'm the one who's here 3 p.m. to 12 at night busting my ass to try and get better so i just whenever somebody tries to criticize me or anything i take it as okay i need to work harder if that's the case you don't want to see it that's fine but i'm not going to involve myself in drama because it's not worth it because why am i going to ruin my reputation or you never know who you're going to engage with because down the line someone can make it to wwe before you do and then they can make a bad name for yourself and you will have a bad reputation. That's how I see it. Everything that you do now affects you in the future. And that's why I don't involve myself with any type of drama. I like it. And that's, and that's I think, the best way to end this conversation because you carry yourself with that confidence and you know how to handle yourself and you know that the goal is this. The goal is not all of this. Yes, friends come and go, colleagues come and go. Uh, great people that I have great chemistry in the ring with are, are fantastic but I'm not going to get involved. And did you hear what so-and-so said about so-and-so the other night? This and that. Nah, man, I'm here to do my shit. I'm here to get my work in. I'm here to put in the work and I'm going to get the fuck out the door. And I think that's the best way to carry it because drama doesn't help anybody. Believe me, not only is there drama backstage, there's drama in podcasting. Podcasters, as much as we all try to build each other up, a lot of shit talking that happens. And I tweeted it a long time ago and I offended a few, when I tweeted, I said, if you get an ego in this business, you're 
doomed to fail. And I mean that. I stay humble. Yes, I've had some amazing guests on my show, but it's not about that for me. It's just about having these great conversations and building relationships and friendships that I know that if I were to say to someone, hey, you know, will you come on my show? And they say, well, I'm not sure. Well, you know Amy Crimson, right? Yeah, hit her up. She'll tell you. And when it comes to me, I'm 100%. The way I'm being to you right now through my DMs is the way I am when we're on camera. I'm not in it for the drama. I'm not going to talk about shit. I'm not going to talk about stuff I know nothing about because that's not factual. I just want to talk about the business that I love. And I do love it. I love the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love the, the hardcore fans who sometimes annoy me. And I love the people who have no idea what this business is about. If you've never watched wrestling, then you don't understand the things about it. And there is a whole lot. There's a storytelling aspect. There's the, the, the fact that these two can tell a story. Two people in that ring, four people in that ring can tell a story without words. You know how fucking hard that is to do? It's a gift. And anybody that doesn't see it, I'll kiss the fattest part of my ass. And that's big. Trust me. I know this. I know this. Now, before I let you go, before you shout out your socials, my final question when it comes to the fact that there's going to be a lot of guest judges, there's a lot of air around this competition, there's a lot of eyes on this, eyes on this that necessarily may not get that brass ring at the end of it, but could give you a chance to go down another pathway to get to where you want to go. Are you open to any opportunity that comes your way as long as it is a benefit to your career? And I know that's well, why would he ask that, but there's a reason why. There's a reason why I'm asking that because some benefits could seem good and then go bad. So when you outweigh the pros and the cons, are you willing to take those journeys, which could look good, but could not work out in the end? That's what I'm asking. The thing is you always have to take a leap of faith. Like that's what I find like in this business, you can always think about, Oh, what if this happens or what if that you can never know what's going to happen. I literally, when the Jack Rogel opportunity came, I was literally sleeping. I woke up. I got a call from Jack Rougeau. I was like, hold up one second. Jack Rougeau's calling me. Like, that's one thing that I never thought would happen. Um, and the thing is, is that opportunities come and go. So if you miss out on an opportunity, there might not be a chance that you have another opportunity. So even if you go and you try, at least you know you at least attempted it. So if there's any opportunity, say, if I get contacted by um, Thunder Rosa and she says, I want you to be part of Mission Pro Wrestling, or I get contacted by the WOW Wrestling, Woman of Wrestling, I know that obviously it's not my end-all goal, but it's something that's going to give me exposure because there's so many eyes on it. So the fact that it doesn't matter what opportunity I feel like I get, I feel like after this competition at Wrestling Academy, there's going to be more eyes on me as a wrestler and people are going to know my name. And I feel like the opportunities are just going to come in um, as much as I work hard. So honestly, I'm willing to do anything that I can to get to my major goal. Anything that I need to do, I'm willing to do, to be honest. That is one hell of an attitude, and that's why I can't wait to see your ass back in the ring so I can give you a fucking hug, and I can, be a, and I can scream my head off for the Crimson Squad. So, Amy Crimson, if anybody doesn't know who you are now, and I'm sure they know you way more than they know me, but just in case there are a few fans that don't know who you are, where can they follow you and everything that is the journey of Amy Crimson? 
So now you guys can follow my journey, especially for Wrestling Academy. And when I make my in-ring return very soon, you guys can follow me on my Instagram, which is Amy Crimson XOXO. I have Twitter, which is Amy Crimson XOXO. I have a TikTok, which is Amy Crimson XOXO. You guys can see all my podcasts and hopefully my new matches that will be posted very soon on my YouTube channel, which is Amy Crimson. And also I have a Facebook page. So if you guys want to follow me or like my Facebook page, it's just Amy Crimson. All you have to do is Google Amy Crimson wrestler and i should just pop up i'm more i'm more um searchable now so all my stuff just pops up now so i'm more searchable now she says i love it i love it well guys you already know my socials are down below and i do as well have a tiktok straight underscore talk underscore wrestling so follow that it's pretty good post all the interviews and clips and i have new merch coming very soon there you go new merch coming soon that's right she's built different ladies and gentlemen remember your boy said it first peace love and wrestling See you guys next time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my league. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going state to state.